0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Esports entrepreneur, Entrepreneurship Podcast. I promised not to choke on my words right before I gave the title. And there <laughs> I am. Um, uh, I'm here with uh, Leon Cypher's and Yuzair Hassan. And uh, this is the podcast where we talk about everything we're working on, our different uh, projects, whether in esports or outside of esports, and uh, the businesses we're trying to build and uh, the ventures we're trying to succeed in. Um, I believe Yusair is going to start us off today with what he's been working on. It's had an exciting last week so.
1: Yeah, last week was finally exciting because I had the opportunity to do something outside of writing the book. So, I actually have a list of stuff. I'm going to try it out. I know we all kind of discussed this earlier I was trying to maybe listing out what we're going to talk about. Um, so we'll see how much that streamlines stuff, but so last week it started off with the open house event So I was in the accelerator program and with the accelerator concluding all the businesses that were a part of it um, were running tables at this online open house event So I got a lot of good business connections there, which is exciting through the accelerator as well I qualified for the mini MBA program. So that is a 10k program I'm getting for free, which is it's a hundred hours investment over four months, which is um, not bad for what I'm gonna get out of it and it's a 10k thing and it's a learning experience out of all else so I'm happy about that I also got into this venture catalyst at least I'm pretty much in it like I'm not official official but like it's 100% guarantee um, which is run by Yspace which is by York University and it basically helps a, a business that is kind of an ideation phase which is where I'm at uh, validate the business idea which I've already kind of done but then also help launch a pilot program to collect the initial data so to go from ideation to pilot launch which is perfect for what i'm looking at but uh, at the same time i actually during the open house was reached um approached by someone from a early stage vc firm and that's recently moved into canada and that was a great um conversation because there he was mentioning that because of my business in fact someone um actually i won't go to that degree but uh because of the nature of my business being in esports and also just the the nature of the business itself um he was mentioning that i should potentially look into applying so i ended up joining their um, info session and i applied and i have an initial interview with them so what's basically going to happen is that they're going to take anywhere between 50 to 99 businesses which in with within the greater toronto area and any all the businesses that do qualify they'll basically come into their office and uh, in Toronto, downtown Toronto, every day. Uh, they have 10 weeks to work on their business. And out of the, after the 10 weeks, uh, the businesses that do the best, they said about 50% of them, uh, they'll get a $100,000 investment and they'll spend the next six additional months working on the business and obviously being through that program they're going to help you a find a co-founder which is something I was actually mentioning last week was that I really would like some more people on board with this just with the direction it's going and I think a co-founder is exactly aligned with what that could potentially be because if I can clock in 80 hours versus 160 hours like 160 even if it's not me per se is obviously a lot better than just my 80 alone so there's that but the issue with that program that I'm, I'm open to having a little discussion over is that if I take that on, their, um, their requirement is that you cut off everything else so obviously i would have to decline the mini mba offer which is a 10k offer which is it's nice to have it's a nice accreditation it's obviously good learning i'm i i love learning so i i love taking on opportunities like that and i would also have to decline the cap uh the venture catalyst program which is basically the uh the early vc program but a light version and obviously it's taking you from ideation to the pilot the um, the early stage venture is more so uh, validation structure, and I'm assuming by the end of the they would like to run a pilot by the end of 10 weeks. So it's basically like the Venture Catalyst program is a light version of the early VC firm. Um, so but the worst part of it all is that I'm currently a focus guide at Focus Blocks and I make some revenue there, which is good. Um, if I joined the early VC firm, I'd, I'd get $3,000 dollars up front, which is nice. Uh, for, I mean, it's not like a lot, but I mean, it's something. Uh, and it's more than the amount I would make in 10 weeks from focus blocks, but if I over time, though, if I don't move forward with the early VC firm, then I'm definitely losing money in the long run. So that's like the biggest. kind of concern there and obviously like the venture catalyst thing and the mini mba that's kind of sucks but i think i think the the vc firm program is a little bit uh better than the other stuff but it's just that that revenue coming in because that i would have to cut off and obviously if i don't make it after 10 weeks they're going to replace me and i'm not going to be in that program so that's unfortunate but I'm curious oh the third option of course is I could go and do the uh, early event the cap venture catalyst and mini MBA and then their next cohort with the early VC firm I could apply then the only issue with that is I already applied and I already got my first interview so if I tell them at this point actually I'm no longer interested at least for this cohort I'm pretty sure that a me on their blacklist because it'll show that i'm not interested or at least i'm backtracking for my commitment right so i'm probably not going to go down that route i'd have to pick one and my thought right now is i to go with the early vc firm it just seems like a better option but i'm opening the floor up i have a few other things that kind of happened but i think we can for now leave it at that opening the floor up if anyone has any thoughts oh well first off congratulations
0: that's like that's a that's a lot of really cool stuff right Re- reaching into the, the venture capitalist world um I think, you know, all, from everything you said, I agree with your choice, but I feel like there's a whole lot of context that I'm missing, right? Like, I don't know when they give you, say you pass, you get in the top 50% and, you know, you get a hundred K for that. What percentage of equity in your business do they own at that point?
1: Ten percent. Right? 10%? Okay. Yeah. It's a okay. uh, no, no negotiable 10%. Like you sign a contract uh, going into it saying if they want to invest, they're basically going to get the end. If they're not like nothing happens then.
0: And what, what does that come out as in terms of like 10% ownership, right? Like how much of an effect can they have on your future business, on your decisions, on their, on your revenue? Like how is that taken out? Right. Do they take 10% of revenue? Is it like that? Or do they just have sit on 10% of ownership? But, you know, with private ownership, it can get a whole lot more like complicated than just publicly I own 10% of your stock. Right. So I'm curious. I mean, obviously, some of that may be like private or whatever, but I'm curious what you can like tell, because I feel like a lot of that can determine whether or not like this is actually worth it. Right. Because someone can be like, we're investing in you, but we control everything you say. And then you're like, wait, hold on. Right. Or we're investing in you. You do whatever you want. We just, you know we believe you're going to succeed, right? There's, and everything in between those two extremes, right? In terms of like the best case scenario and worst. So I'm curious what you like, you know, you know, or can tell about us
1: about. Yeah, so that is a great question. Um, To be honest, I don't even know, when it says 10% equity, what is equity? I'm assuming it's 10% in the business, but- Ownership of the business. Okay, then yeah, that would would just be the case. a requirement would also be that they would incorporate the business but that would happen during the 10 week anyways so then i'm sure they'd be on the bod um and obviously i would own the remaining 90% unless we went a different direction in terms of uh like i i know actually i do know this if i do get the investment they would 100% because they're a vc firm push to get further investment Uh, Until an exit happens. So that is obviously going to happen. But that is what I know so far is just 10% and the 10K. Have you seen other individuals or companies that have gone
0: through this and have like, have you talked with them about that? Because, like, obviously, 100K, you know, a a 50% chance, whatever you want to call it, if it's actually a 50% chance, you know, it could be Mm -hmm. way higher, way lower for all I know, but um, of that succeeding, um, you know, that that sounds like worth it. I just want to make sure like, I'm very much more like, I, it's weird. I'm very, I'm very ambitious. I think similar to you, but I'm also very like cautious at the same time. Cause I hear too many stories about people like getting like screwed over. So like, i just make sure you do all the due diligence you possibly can on that. You know, I'm not trying to call them. Like I don't, you know, I don't obviously know them, but you know, when I hear a hundred thousand dollars, I'm like, that's really cool. Just want to make sure like you're doing everything in the safest possible way.
1: Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I, I appreciate this. This is a very good pushback. Um, so uh, to address the question, I think, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't know any cohorts that graduated or I mean, when I say graduated, I mean, like succeeded and actually got the investment. This is their first cohort in Canada. So they're an international company. Uh, they started out in 2017 in Singapore, and now they're expanding. Here, I can actually send the name in the chat if you want to check it out. But um, but yeah, now they've expanded in Canada just this year in their first cohort. That's why it's also the I have the highest chance of getting in right now just because they started up in Canada uh, middle of 2021. So they're only now ramping up their marketing. So this is going to be mm. the least competitive time. I already know there's 400 business owners that are interested because they had four info sessions and all of them maxed out. But I'm assuming anywhere between 1,000 to maybe upwards maximum 2,000 people are going to apply and about 50 to 100 are going to get in. So there's definitely that uh, vetting criteria. And my also other thought is, like, I'm even, I I don't really, this sounds bad because I understand the way you're going to take it, but it's not, like, I'm not a massive, massive stickler for money, right? Like, I've never even gotten into entrepreneurship for money. I really personally want impact. I also like freedom, which I know getting into VC is gonna take away that freedom, but I'm I'm more bigger about impact, right? So like, you're 100% right, I might like screw myself over with this, it might be a bad decision, and getting that vetting is gonna be important. So I took a note down, and I'm gonna do more research um, after this call. But in terms of just money's sake, that's why I'm a bit a little more okay with even messing this up in terms of financial ownership. But obviously I want to do my due diligence and do the best I possibly can because that. why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know a lot of founders who are not like they're not as concerned about money, but at the same time you hear them say that and then, you know, some things like some say they're in the software and something really like takes off and the company becomes worth 10, 20, 50, hundred million dollars. And they're just like, they just love working on what they're working on, but they, at least they know they're like, Oh, at least I'm set. And then somehow it all disappears. And they're like, Mm. wait, you know, I was part of something huge and now it's all gone. And it's, they're like, you know, I didn't think I had the best monetary thing, but I thought I'd walk away with a couple million to work on my next project. Right. So I I just like, I, again, I don't think that's going to happen or anything, but uh, just everything I've, I've seen from people, um, you know, people I know third hand and stuff. It's just like, you can do amazing things with venture capital money and they can do amazing things with your money too <laughs> and leave yeah. you behind in the dust so i i think it's like important like obviously it's not priority one but it should be somewhere right because your priority is um you know freedom and, and building things you care about and money can be a huge part of that so anyway i feel like i've hogged the time i'm sure leon has some thoughts but
2: actually he and i were talking about this before <laughs> We messed up a little bit, um, but no, I I agree. It sounds like a really interesting opportunity. I think the 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 bigger issue is like what they what they take because it seems very clear on what they give, um, but I'm I'm confident you can you know figure that stuff out and make that decision.
1: Yeah, actually, now after having this conversation, because I appreciate. Like, this is the value of a mastermind because I've never even took that into account per se. Like that was something on a very, very low end. My entire mindset was always on the stuff that I currently have on my plate that i have to discard, not even considering this stuff. Now, because of obviously talking to you guys, realigning that understanding, what I'll probably do is actually reach out, assuming I get this and I have the opportunity, I just need to sign the contract, reach out to two of my mentors, one in more of the esports space, the other one at uh, the educational space, uh, two people I really respect that understand the kind of investment side because I have no, no idea. That might be the direction I take because I bring out, bring the specifics to, to both of them, kind of see their thoughts and then make the decision from there. But yeah, this is, this is awesome. I really, really appreciate this. I have a few other things in terms of updates, but I think that was kind of the big one. Um, and we can always cover the other ones in another date. But if that's all you guys have in terms of thoughts, that was very, very helpful. We can jump it off to whoever wants to go next uh say it was was i next was it me uh, i think so I, you, you or it.
2: i i don't care let's right. <laughs> go right. with right.
1: you because i have some thoughts for you that might be helpful <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well
0: um let's see so uh since last time it's been two weeks since i was uh on the last mastermind i missed last one um uh i put out two videos um <laughs> each of them interestingly one day late so maybe tuesday will be my normal But I feel like if I make Tuesday my normal, then it'll end up one day later. But (laughs) the most important thing is I got one out each week, uh, which is good. And I'm going to get one out this coming week as well. Um, And so for those, I, you know, slowly have started adding things. Um, I've spent a bunch of time, uh, hours and hours and hours researching some of the most successful YouTubers and what they do in their videos and how their edits work. And it is it is, I, I got to a point where I wrote down a ton of things and I had to stop because it was really frustrating me because I neither have the time nor uh, ability, nor resources to make the, to the quality of videos they do. It can be very frustrating trying to like, knowing that something can be so much better, but just realizing that you haven't gotten to that point. But I've, I'm at peace with it. Uh, so long as each and every video I put out, I add, you know, I keep all the advancements, so to speak, of the last video, the, the new things I added, the the ways I made it better. And I add at least one or two more things um, that add to it. Uh, that's my goal, because eventually I will get to the point where I'm like pretty satisfied with the quality of my videos. So in the last week, I added things like I added a little bit more editing. I added B-roll, I added background music for my first video, right? Um, and... Uh, Just added some different things, and there's a lot I'm still dissatisfied with, but to me, at least I'm slowly scaling and improving that up. Um, So uh, that's good. In the future, I want to add tons of things. I want better audio quality, better video quality, multiple angles. I want to actually tell a story. My current videos have not been telling stories, and I feel like that's the best way to actually catch someone instead of, hey, here's a bunch of facts I like shortened down into five minutes, right? That can be very useful, but in order to get, you know, do better in the YouTube overall. You want to tell a story, you want it to be somewhat cinematic and there's a lot of different aspects that I want to add, but I just need to realize for now, like I can't, you know, go all in just yet, just cause I lack the time and I lack the know-how to do that. Right. So I'm just taking it step by step. I want to add animations, better audio. There's just every single way that can be improved, but, um, so to me, to me, at least I'm pretty fine with it. Uh, I think it is also the case of the more you learn about stuff, something, the more you learn about yourself the more you realize you don't know or uh you aren't as good right it's the classic like beginners thinking they know nothing and then the mid-level people thinking they know everything and then the advanced people thinking they know nothing again As you realize the more you work in something the less you know so it's a lot of learning a lot of curiosity there um let's see other than that um I can just mention a couple things that happened and then we can talk. I can kind of go finish out my list and we can discuss or we can pause there and discuss which do you guys prefer?
1: Just finish out your list and we can go from there. Okay. Um.
0: And then on my actual, on my non-Isaac Kron's, my, my personality brand, um, the, my Fierce brand, uh, I had a friend who was making uh, an Apex Legends edit uh he's just making a community edit for him it's what i thought and so i gave i time boxed myself like three hours to get some clips got some clips sent it to him and then like a week later i see on the official apex legends twitter like my my clip is the first thing on the official apex legends season 11 community montage which is pretty cool for me considering the obscene amount of time i've put into that game um but yeah, it's not like my main focus or anything, but it was cool to kind of get that recognition, get that out there. Um, other than that, uh, I don't think I've really ever talked much about consumption, but if I'm gonna talk about consuming one show ever on this podcast, it is go watch Arcane, please. Very, very, very good show. Um, it's
2: really good.
0: Yeah, uh, is very, very unique, very well done. Um, and I guess the last thing I wanted to mention, which I don't know if we'll have time to talk about, but I think it is an interesting thing in the esports space, which is the uh, TSM drama that happened recently. I'm not sure if you two are familiar with that, but I've been,
1: or with? Yeah, with Reginald. Yeah, I've stripped all esports news consumption in the past like three weeks just to get this book out. So I'm in the dark with everything. Oh, you missed
0: some spicy drama. So, yeah, we can either talk about that now or you guys can give me your thoughts on everything
1: well let's hold that off until we go through the thoughts um because i think that might be more productive and then at the end if we have time let's go for it because i'm curious as well okay sounds good well
0: that's that's it for me that's that's my update so
2: okay so i yeah actually within listening to you guys i remembered a few more things i forgot to write down um so last week i gave myself kind of two homework assignments.
1: sorry (laughs) i was gonna um you in there. Do you have any thoughts for fears first cuz I wanted to run oh. some things too so. Oh.
2: Okay, I I did have um a few things actually like about your videos to kind of ask. Um I noticed like one video was like 5 and one was 10 minutes. I don't know if like there's if that's something you like care about or
0: Yes, I did that on purpose. The first one, the first one after my intro, which my intro didn't like really count. It was just something I did to like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um So the the next one, my first real video, the what makes junk food junk video, uh, that one ended up far longer than I thought it would be. And I didn't want that to me, my, my quality, or at least the improvement of my quality, I went first. And that one, because of how long it was, it took forever for me to trim it, forever for me to add edits to it or the very little that I did. It just ended up taking away too much time. I was like, okay, number one, these just don't need to be that long. Um, number, like, I'm just not making them interesting enough to be worth 11 minutes of someone's time, right? So I decided that in the future, as much as I can, I'm going to keep them around five minutes, maybe like six or seven, maybe as short as three. But I want them to be shorter simply because it's a lot easier for me to learn and improve and add more quality um in like a short amount of video footage instead of like trying to up the quality in one aspect and then do it for 15 minutes it's a whole lot easier to do that in five right so for the most the rest of them or maybe not the rest but for the current you know next few weeks or few months they're probably all going to be around five minutes and i did that on purpose with the second one when scripting it out i timed every single part of the script on my phone and then i wrote down the timestamp and I added them and made sure that is the thought process behind it. Yeah. Um, um. I, that's, yeah, that was something I like really put effort in, ended up being like half
2: an hour when I meant it to be 10 minutes. Time can run away really easy. Um. I noticed for one of the years too, you didn't in, like include your socials in the description, but I wasn't sure what it is you're wanting to do with like your like description area.
0: Um, the description that's on my notes for this coming video of one of the things to improve i beat you to it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a good thought yeah
2: (laughs) yeah since your content's kind of like educational i'd actually like to be able to see like if you especially if you have any like scholarly things that you actually like reference i'd Mm -hmm. love to be able to see that in the bottom but i worry like depending on how many you do that could make it just blow up and when i see those i tend to just completely ignore the
0: bio yeah what i'm going to do is i'm going to have in the bio like on the top the most important things like my social well also the first line of your bio can end up in like having to do with the algorithm people clicking on it because it can sometimes show up in feeds so the top line I'll to be something related to that and the the first little bit i'll have be socials or anything important and then after that in the bio i plan on either having a link to or having um though you don't really want a link to necessarily for the youtube algorithm because youtube doesn't like people leaving their site um So probably we'll have um, just post, well, it's a link to a link to a bunch of links or just a bunch of links. So either way you kind of lose there, but I have been keeping track and have like a ton of sources. uh, So it wouldn't be all that hard for me to actually put them in there, which is what I'm going to do for the next video is I'm gonna make sure that my bio is like, or my bio, my description is something that I, you know, actually want to have in there
2: i i don't know if you can do this for youtube uh but if you're worried about putting too many like links and stuff in the description can you like pin comments
0: um yes i could also throw all the links into comments as well and pin that
2: yeah regardless
0: that needs to be updated that definitely needs to be upped i was pretty lazy with the last video i was like so tired like getting it out i was just like i'll put something here
1: (laughs) Get it out. <laughs> and added some B-roll and background music. Awesome description.
0: <laughs> yeah, I literally use it as like a status update area, which probably isn't the best idea. But yeah, no, that definitely needs to be improved. That's that's one of the next, the, the, this upcoming video, I'm adding that and I'm adding like uh, big kind of titled areas for like the different mm. things I'm talking about. It's something I wanted to do in the last video and I was just realizing, okay, B-roll and background music is is all this one's going to get because I just need more time. So yeah, learning time efficiency. I need to do a video on time efficiency soon so I can get more efficient on my time so I can get more done.
1: (laughs) You need to check out focus blocks. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag ad. (laughs) Uh, It's, It's honestly a great service. I'm so happy. It was a game changer for me. So I'm so happy I'm using it now. But um, but yeah, it might. I'm seriously, you might actually consider checking it out, even if it's free trial. But, but yeah, in terms of some stuff that I saw, so I'm on the same wavelength as Leon in terms of some of the uh, scientific, like because you're, you're, you're basically saying you shouldn't do this. The reason why is X Y Z. But the stuff that you kind of outline. Uh, for me and again all of this is meant to be uh, constructive and supportive like to help improve not to say that it's wrong or bad per se but like when when I see that I'm I, I'm always asking like why so like I took a few notes but like um for example when you said sleeping helps you have better uh, social interactions like why is that the case and what is it about the social interaction right like I can assume it's possibly because um, because I, I looked into a bit of sleep science beforehand. This is why I also had some additional thoughts on this video. Like I can assume it's because you're maybe more paranoid and you're but worse able to defend yourself. Therefore, uh, you want to be more cautious around people, which m- reduces your confidence like you were mentioning. But um, so uh, like, like the specifics in terms of why. And then also uh, just the citation of the data, right? Like you mentioned, uh, you should get seven hours of sleep. And my question is, isn't seven too little? Like what is your, where are you getting that information? Same thing with the back. You mentioned sleeping on your back is best for sleep apnea. But what I've heard and what I've seen is that sleeping on your back is worse for sleep apnea because that's the best position for your for your tongue to actually block your airways, uh, making it the worst uh, position. You mentioned your left side. I, I agree, or at least from what I've seen in the data that it is the left side is the best. And you also mentioned the right side is worse. I'm actually, I'm. I, I never heard that. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm just curious. Is that because of your heart? Like, what is it? So uh, that's something. So t- to answer your questions,
0: right? That Those are completely all valid things. Number one, obviously having all my sources in the description would just be the actual correct idea, which is the reason something I already read is like, okay, I keep like saying all these things and people are like, what is this, this guy just saying this stuff? You know, like I need to actually have links to sources. And that also kind of answers a second question, which is there there's two problems which is one i'm just going and i'm finding you know like actual you know legitimate sites and i'm just not look, looking on like reddit or whatever um mm-hmm. that you know have uh, i would probably cite the the sites themselves but I also the sites under them used have you know their actual citations right um But for things like that, right, I'm basically, you know, looking through, I'm doing the research and I'm looking through and I'm seeing, oh, you know, this is the case. This is the case. I can add these to like the list. This is why this is the case, right? Um, I didn't like dive deep into the studies, right? I just, you know, have to assume that, you know, these, you know, high profile sites like, you know, um, uh, what's it? Oh, now I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, I think Healthline is one of them, but, uh, you know, Johns Hopkins, you know, university or whatever it's like okay you know this stuff's you know i would guess is legit you know check out a couple other things check out the source okay we're good right so i'm not for the most part i'm not like i think once or twice i read some studies but i'm not like reading into the actual scholarly studies um and the problem is right you say oh why is this the case why is this the case those are all legitimate questions the problem is is if i try to answer why to every single one of those in one video that video is going to be an hour long right like I could make you you could say why in fact that that sounds like a you know a good potential video title why is you know uh sleeping this amount of time or why is uh you know sleeping on this side better for this right like there's so many different individual questions there that could themselves be five minute videos and You know, it just depends on how deep you want to go on them, right? For instance, the social interactions thing, getting better. uh, I think you said it was getting better sleep has ends up with social better social interactions. That wasn't like my opinion. I just read that multiple different places. I was like, oh, well, if you think about it, that does probably make sense, right? And that was it. If I wanted to answer that question, I could make an entire video on it um, and go into more depth. Right now, to me, the goal of these videos is to align them with, hey, I'm trying to improve these things in my life. And I want to give people a reason for them to do it as well. instead of just hearing sleep, getting good, good, good sleep is better for you. What is good sleep? Why is it better? I'm trying to broadly answer those questions, right? instead of like, I would love to nail down each and every one of them, but that would take a ton of time and a ton of videos, right? I'm guarantee there's channels out there that the entire channel, probably with over a hundred thousand subscribers, are just on sleep, right? So there's clearly Mm -hmm. enough content there or in any other topic to nail down. My thing is I'm trying to better myself. So here's why sleep is better. And here's how to do it better instead of the generic. Good sleep is better for you. Same with junk food, right? Hey, your huge junk food is wrong. But I mean, you just still go and eat it, right? I'm trying to say, all right, here, let me tell you, here's all the negative effects of eating it. And here's the positive effects of eating the good food, right? Um, I, he, like this, 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 and this. And I could nail that into each of one, one of them, but that would take so much time, time I don't have.
1: I, I would, at, at the very least, I, I think something that would be helpful is like adding in terms of the specifics, right? So like another another point, I believe you're emphasizing, like, uh, I don't know if, oh, it was increased uh, sleep or increase uh, your chance of dying, right? Um, like you, Like you emphasize that in the way you vocalized it. But like, I'm I'm curious. Is that like a like what percentage uh are you like like more likely to die? And like like is that an indirect sort of like like an like an accident sort of thing? Is that like a health thing? So maybe maybe a little more spe- uh, specificity because like like you're listing out these reasons, but none of them. Be, like, and now I appreciate what you're doing, but none of them resonate with me, right? Like I'm not hearing this and being like, oh wow, I need to take action because I'm gonna have worse social interactions, right? But like nothing. Feel like I I feel nothing in terms of a social sense, and now I understand that that's what you're trying to go for. So maybe playing on something in terms of the specifics and really trying to like um what's his name is a really good source on this. Um, there's a sleep doctor I'm sure you know about him. A uh, Matthew Walker, the author of um Why We Sleep, like he is very very good. Like I recommend checking out even like a two three minute clip of him. Like he's good at getting you scared about wanting to get sleep, and like he he like he he doesn't list out a bunch of things, although he sometimes does, but he has like Maybe like one study and like a one specific issue, and it's like whoa, that is insane. Um, so like maybe that might be the direction you go, but and something to be another another thing to be worried about. And just because I know the sleep science, at least I kind of looked at it. Not probably to the degree that you have, but like I've read I read Why We Sleep right, and I kind of know that stuff. It's like uh, you're mentioning about getting too much sleep, right? I'm curious what your data source was for that, because the issue with the current studies, from my understanding, is that there's um, a misalignment between um, correlation and causation, right? Because the data that, at least from my understanding, up to this point, if you've seen different data points, like I'd love to see that in the description, as you mentioned, so I can look at it myself. Uh, but like, because the issue is the peop- the when they look at those studies, they're looking at, the, looking at people naturally sleeping and they're looking at, okay, how many hours of sleep are you getting? And then they're comparing that to your heart rate or like your chance of dying, like all the stuff that you're pointing out. But the issue is the the question becomes are these people getting these issues because they're sleeping too long or are they sleeping too long hoping to recover from these issues and then the the way to actually answer that is to reduce the amount of sleep that people are actually like the longer people are naturally doing and seeing if they improve and seeing the people that naturally sleep normally if they increase hours of sleep is it actually going to negatively impact them because we don't know that data at least i've never heard or seen of that and i obviously i'm not a sleep scientist so i don't know if there is that but if you had that and said uh, and actually that and like, or show that to some degree, that would have completely changed my mind on that. Because that that's my perspective. It, it is calm. Correlation, not causation.
0: Yeah. And like, that's just something I'll just like admit, like, I just saw a couple sources on it and have seen enough people in my life who sleep a long time who are tend to be, you know, less productive or tend to, you know, whatever, right. And so I was just like, okay, well, the you know, I'm seeing multiple, you know, sources that seem like they would be correct. Right. And, um, and then it, you know, it lines up with what logically I would think, you know, makes sense. So I was like, okay, right. That's it. Right. And I'm, you know, I've run into a problem where sure I could focus down on one or two things and drive a hard impact. Right. But at the same time, if I do that, I can't do, I feel, I would feel like I'd have to make 10 videos on a topic. Right. Because, you know, and i that's something I could do and I, I might do at some point, right, is really niche down on a couple different topics, right? Um, but, and, you know... Uh, I also think me being able to do more of like storytelling and being more dramatic will allow me to do that and allow the videos to have more of an impact. Right. I don't really think I like, I'm very early in this video making process. I don't really think they're having impacts to anyone. Right. If, if anything, they're like, Oh, huh, I didn't know that. Like that's probably the most people are getting right. And hopefully maybe, maybe some people are seeing that and they're like, Oh, you know what? I'll put it all in, you know, I'll put into practice some of these things. I'll, you know, get the correct amount of sleep. I'll keep track of my sleep cycles. I get go to bed at a good time. You know, etc. Right. That's the that's the best I'm hoping for right now. And so, what I think you're mentioning is something you know, not specifically on those things, but in general, I'm in line with. With hey, I could tell more specific, harder hitting, better stories. By giving more direct data, by doing something like, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Veritasium, right? He does very specific, well, well research videos that are also incredibly very like catching uh, videos. And he does a very good job at, you know, actually clickbaiting them and telling, but like telling a story for like 20 minutes and actually, you know, keeping high ABD and CTR and stuff. So there's just a lot to improve from like i i appreciate your criticism but at the same time i just realize like i don't think i think all, all of that is a good thing to keep in mind there's definitely some things i could definitely change now by just like having sources right things that are quick but at the same time i can't really like solve all of that instantly like in my next video like to me realizing how much these are currently taking and how much time i have like it's just unrealistic for me to expect that i can have a full cinematic Story that has different camera angles, and me as all the B roll going and doing the different things and having good titles and good captions and good, you know, whatever that to me. What I need to figure out now is just how to improve one step at a time with each video. And uh, like, I appreciate the criticism, right? And I'm sure I'll, I could make videos for three years, and Mr. Beast could look at my videos and say, These are garbage trash. How do you keep anybody's attention, right? Um, but like, You know, I the goal is to improve in the short term and I appreciate it. I just want to want to make sure to across to both of you and anybody watching. I I can't take an entire, you know, an entire leap every single video I make.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, the 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 reason why and like the reason why I want to kind of give you this kind of dispersal knowledge because I actually the sleep is one of the few things that I've actually looked into. So it's like one of the things I can actually give you good advice in terms of the content right like at the end of the day i'm the the intention at the even if it doesn't come off that way the intention is very much like this is what i see that potentially could help you improve as a way to help you improve not to per se say you have to make all these changes and you could obviously disagree with a lot of it and in those cases and and i do i agree in the sense that it's hard to put the actual stuff in like explaining everything in terms of all the information a lot of the points you made are good points especially with time constraints and and i also do appreciate obviously your time frame and this is one thing i was going to say when you're looking at other people co- editing is that you're working full-time in addition to this plus you're doing a video per week and you're doing this alone versus like a, an editor, right? So like, there's no way you could even come, uh, or not not to say no way, but it's going to be very hard to come to a level in, even comparable to people that are working on this full-time with paid editors, with researchers and all, all that stuff, right? So, but I, like, th- this, this is just my um up upfront thoughts. I think the storytelling stuff, I think that, and just the angle what you're mentioning now is really just focusing on you. I think that might be a, um, And more emotionally engaging, And that might work out to resolve some of the other issues as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I take your criticism well. I just want to set the precedent. Like, there's a lot of this I hear and some of which I already know. I just can't, you know, put it all in yet. But I want to. And I'll get there. It'll just take time, right? I only have so many hours per week I can spend towards learning this version of editing and then actually putting that little, you know, piece of editing, whether it's animations, whatever, into the video right the rest of it is doing all the previous stuff i've learned up to that point and putting it into the video right that's it that's it for for me i think unless leon had some thoughts before we cut leon off again from him starting so. his. <laughs> well, I,
2: I guess i was kind of cutting you off
0: um,
2: but yeah I, I would just say yeah don't don't like make sure you just don't overwhelm yourself with like ideas that you're wanting to improve on like if you if you start getting overwhelmed, you're better off just to make like, OK, this is the one thing I'm going to try different um, just to make sure you're actually like continue and being happy with what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I don't want to burn out. So but so far at this current pace, I like it. So every time I see a really good edited video, I'm well way more aware of like, man, there was so much work that went into this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. I think that is it. I think Leon's actually up now okay um
2: so i had two sort of homework assignments for me from last week that i decided on um so first of all i've been streaming nearly every day um i don't know if that's 100 percent like the best business decision to make but it's been working out really well as far as like actually getting me out of bed before like well before noon every day and giving me something to work on um which i think has been good on my mental health so i'm going to continue to do that Um. The other assignment I gave, which was the more awkward thing, is I was going to reach out to two different people that I've like previously interacted with about running tournaments for them. That did not go as well as I'd hoped. Um one I mentioned this to like another friend um that I was going to do this and he was like, "Oh yeah, you shouldn't work with this guy." And I'm like, "Well, what happened? Like I thought we were cool with him." He's like, "No. Some people came out with some things that he's done. You shouldn't work with him." So I did not reach out to him. Um, the other person I did reach out to actually did finally respond to me earlier today. Um, I did not get a very positive response, but he did respond asking more questions. So I made sure, rather than like, "Hey, let's get on a call to do it," I decided it was a little bit better just to answer the questions because I didn't get a very positive vibe from how he responded. Um, I don't. We'll we'll see if that like works out. I think he had, like, an idea that I was, like, trying to sell him on something. So I made sure to reiterate, like, for me, like, getting, like, logistical data and, like, a positive review to share with people would be more valuable than, like, trying to steal money from him to run a tournament or something. So that was kind of how I focused that decision. Um, Other things to ongo. I've got a meeting on Tuesday with someone. Uh, who's interested in getting some tournaments run specifically for League of Legends, which I've done before. League is easy. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, the thing I wanted to, like, kind of ask about, um, and at least I know, like, Uzair gave me something on, I think it was on LinkedIn you mentioned about, like, reaching out to people specifically. Um because, I, actually, this was about Arcane, because I, like, followed through with a lot of the, like, marketing and stuff they did for Arcane, doing, like, a global release. They had, like, different things in different regions to show off, how they incorporated all of their games into the uh, the events they were running, and they even reached out, and they've got, what is it? They're working with PUBG, Fortnite, and Among Us right now, which is all, like, pretty crazy as far as their promotion. Um, so I thought it would be, like, really cool to, like, reach out and talk to someone on that, but I don't know what the best way to do that is. Um, and something that kind of came up on stream was we were talking about where the fighting game community is currently and how we expect, like, Riot with Project L would, um, change that. Project L, they haven't, they actually gave an update yesterday, I think, but they specifically said this isn't close enough for us to give you an even about release date. So it might still be over a year. Um, but I thought actually it would be really cool to be able to, like, reach out to someone and just, like, ask them some questions about, like, where the fighting game community is, like, what, how, like, how it's doing, how it's grown, like, what their expectations for it are in the future. Um, which I don't know, I guess would be really cool as, like, a weekly interview kind of thing. Um, because, like, a one-on-one talking to someone would be, like, pretty easy, I think, and that'd be something I'd enjoy a lot more. Um, Which I'm already doing, like, a Tuesday podcast, but that gets so many people and it's hard to talk over, like, six or eight, so. Um, But, yeah, so that was something I wanted to get your guys' opinions on. Um, I have a few people that used to do fighting games. I don't think they're active even on, like, Twitch or YouTube anymore, so I don't know if it could reach out to them. But if I wanted to – oh, I've been on LinkedIn, by the way. I'm hitting up LinkedIn and getting – I actually am at the point where I'm getting, like, people to ask me for connections now. I don't know if that's because I've been, like, commenting on stuff a lot more or what. But. uh, What's, like, an appropriate way to ask someone, like, hey, would you be willing to chat for, like, half an hour about stuff? Given I have, like, I I really can't offer them anything, right? I, I can't, like, offer them money. It's not like they get, like, oh, you're going to get so much outreach because I'm so, like, established or anything. I kind of just think it would be really cool to, like, have these conversations and, like, learn from these professionals.
0: How would are you planning doing LinkedIn or like to reaching out to people on like LinkedIn, like professionals or reaching out to creators about about uh, like interviews I, like stuff?
2: I could do either. The The person I actually reached out to the tournament, I actually reached it on Discord, which I decided a while back I wasn't going to try to really do. But given the last like the way he and I used to talk to each other was through Discord, it would probably be better. That way he can see the logs and remember who I am rather than a business email or Twitter, and he may not... Yeah, because there's nothing there. Um, I think LinkedIn would be really good for, like, business people. But for... I don't know, like, for fighting games, I get the idea that, like, fighting game players don't spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. That's probably very incorrect. I just don't have any, like, connections there.
1: So what I would say in terms of this is... Okay, this is how I pitched it in the book as well. And this is a very much the process that I subscribe to figure out what you think is best um forget your uh, warmest leads so forget anyone that is more likely to respond uh be it relationships through other means and people that you kind of are close to or have connection to a connection uh, and work on people to a level or two levels below that in terms of uh the receptiveness and send out those messages send it out to at least 50 people um i mean depending on your number that you want to work with more or less but um just send it out to initial cohort see how many people respond um and see how many people say yes, and see how many people say no. The people that say no, ask them why they said no. People that said yes, move forward and ask them why they said yes people that said nothing if it's a large people that had nothing then go back to the drawing board maybe do a little research in outbound marketing and then um, refine your message and even a b testing it especially at the start is going to be useful so maybe you have one message in a very specific way another message in a very specific way you keep on sending it you have a data uh, a spreadsheet just collect data on it see how many people say yes how many people say no what type of person they are like what industry are they in um you know what are they working for are they working for an established organization are they a player um what is their credibility. Uh, looking at all those different metrics and see what works best because you need a f- you need some form of a system in order to attract people. And obviously you need a lead magnet. I would say like you're mentioning like a podcast. I think that would be a good methodology. Like I'll uh, take my friend um Drew Proctor from the Esports Career Podcast. I was on his podcast which was great. The episode has yet to come out, but he's um he he runs his podcast. He isn't any name at all in the industry, but recently he got um a right games one of their earliest um hiring managers to actually come on his show and speak about esports careers and that's obviously after a long running but it's um obviously anyone from right games especially during the early esports stages that is a very big win and and this isn't something he got like at the start it was after years of running and outreach and he he has like i was talking to him he has horror stories uh about outreach and negative stuff and also positive stuff right and it's like but he's gone through it. He's sent out enough outreaches. He understands the process. He has probably looked at his own internal data. saw okay, what worked, what didn't work and how do I keep sending it out? So the one thing I would tell you, obviously we can go into specifics of maybe what your message should be, how you should approach it. But at the end of the day, you just need to send out enough stuff, collect that data, refine the process and keep on doing it because that's the only way you'll figure out what is working and how it's working and in what context and what way can you get your best sort of um, leads and opportunities. But 100%, I would just say, um, find people that are easy, start off with them, start building out some form of initial content, and then just go from there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I would say like for something, that just in case there is a chance um, that people would be, maybe there's a lot of people who want to be vocal, right? So it would be for this sort of thing where you want to like do some sort of maybe weekly show where you interview people in the esports space, people are creators or people who are competitors in different areas, right? Um, this is a podcast that I, back when I was going to do esports stuff, this is what I really wanted to do. I really wanted a, I want to do a lot, make a lot of content on esports, but I really wanted to do a weekly podcast where I just talk to people and do different esports, right? Uh, small creators, big creators, small, perf- like semi-professionals, big, huge professionals, whoever, Right. Um, I think it's a great idea. I I think it's a a realm where you've got a couple podcasts that do it, um, but there's plenty of people's stories that people are interested in that they aren't told. Right? Um, One thing I would say, I I basically completely agree with you there except for in the case, like say you reached out to 50 people about a podcast and 20 replied and said yes. And then you're like, "Uh, shoot, do I really want to talk to 20 different individuals for the next half year on fighting games you know i doubt that's the case right i but otherwise i could agree with the process like maybe start with 10 or 5 and then see if if you get like none right then start expanding it but i'm just saying like there there is a chance of a weird backfire there where you have to say no to a ton of people and with different marketing things there might be a case where there's no like no negative right i'm I'm just saying there might be a negative where you have to like hey are you interested in podcasts yeah, sure. Uh, sorry, I, I, I actually can't. Or I can have you on in a, a month or or not a month, like a few months. But other than that, I completely agree. One thing I wanted to mention is, you know, uh, for podcasts, especially any sort of content, but podcasts, right? A huge thing is getting credibility, right? Because a lot of people look, they're like, oh, is this a podcast that people know about? Is this... Um, you know, oh, is this something that some people watch? Is this a real thing? Who is this guy, right? Um, And so it can be quite a challenge to get started. And one of the things I've thought of, obviously in terms of the macro analytical side of things, I think users got it spot on. Um, In terms of getting, you know, people you're like, oh, why would somebody want to talk to me? How do I find someone to talk to? How do I get started? You know, get the first 10 podcasts out of the door. I thought I saw somewhere, I think it was like, or maybe user said this is like most podcasts don't get past even 10 episodes, I think, or something. Um, I think the, what you need to do is find people, heck find someone who streams, maybe streams fighting games. Right. And they have like 10 viewers, but they're talking about the the game, but they're not just like game specific. Or maybe you are looking for someone who does, you know, street fighter five or whatever specifically, but someone who starts talking about all sorts of fighting games. Right. And you can find people like that. I'm sure there's plenty of streamers who are doing that, right? Um, Who, you know, maybe they have 10, maybe they have 100 live viewers. But people who like to talk about a thing, right? I don't care. Say I had a following of a couple hundred thousand, right? And I was a semi-professional, professional professional Twitch streamer. Um, Assuming nobody else reached out and I didn't already have a ton of this going on, which plenty of creators don't. If you reached out and said, hey, do you want to talk about esports? I'd be like, heck yeah. Right, because that's something I'm interested in. I think the key is you have to find people to come on your podcasts because they don't, they won't care how small you are. People love to talk about what they are interested in. And so you have to think if, if you think just psychologically, people love to talk about with anyone what they actually are really passionate about. Right. I'll talk to anyone about Apex Legends Pro League, because I probably know more than 99.99% of the world's population, right? I and I think it's cool. Um but, you know, that's an example of you find someone and you maybe you find them through a stream or YouTube or whatever. But if that's clear of their interest, they're like, oh, I'm totally down to like go on a podcast and just talk about this to someone. Right. I in the past like week, just in like my spare time in the evening, I had two people approach me like, hey, can you teach me like how Apex works? And I'm like, sure. I taught them all the basics and, and then all the advanced movement stuff in like an hour each. Right. As was fun to me. right? I didn't gain anything from that i didn't get anything from it i just thought it was fun i'm like oh i can kind of bring someone in show them all the cool stuff because i think it's cool and i'm a nerd about it um i think if you find people like that right no matter how you know big a following unless of course there's some ultra busy you know shroud or whatever the world they would be interested in talking about what they're interested in but if you ask them about something they're not interested in then that's not going to work so that's my, at least, thought process in terms of who you want and how how to find them. I would just start looking through Twitch directories and listening to someone for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I, I've, and then just seeing, hey, is this guy talking about the state of, or heck, YouTube search, the state of fighting games, right? Or something like that. And then look for the people who aren't don't have millions of views, right? Look for not the Dexertos of the world. Look yeah. for, you know, people who have you know but maybe there's someone who like is clearly you know you can watch 5 minutes of his video it's like oh this guy's clearly like sure he's got only a couple hundred views or whatever but he's clearly intelligent he clearly knows the ins and outs he's followed this for or maybe he says he's like i've been following this for 10 years those are the sort of people who are totally willing to talk to anybody about what they love there you go those are my thoughts
2: um and i something i actually thought of while you guys were talking is i've done I've done a few, I call them podcasts, but I guess they're really not. They're, like, getting people together to talk on stream. I've, I've done, like, so many of them, but I don't know if I've ever actually taken the time to be, like, what would, how how is a professional podcast, like, actually started and then it establishes itself. Besides just, like, inviting random people, doing a show, and then it just kind of, like, exists in the ether until Twitch or YouTube deletes it, I don't know. <laughs> Um, maybe I need to look at actually like how, how these get established and how to like maintain them rather than just run them off and then start thinking about the next one.
1: Yeah. The one thing I would say as well, because now you're definitely adding, uh, more stuff into your plate. You already have a handful of stuff and you're streaming for a significant amount of hours. And I know you did mention, uh, you don't know in terms of your business ROI. So, um, I know we met had this discussion, I believe last time. I think your best course of action is not taking action just yet. Um, unless you really think this, this is a personal self-growth thing or something you really want to do or something that'll have ROI. Like I know you want to build out your network for opportunities, which is, um, which is hundred percent right in the sense that having your network is your net worth. So having these relationships are valuable, but I think right now, potentially unless you have like a clear direction like you know at this point this is what i want to do this is the direction i'm going adding anything more in terms of commitments into your plate isn't the direction you want to take until you have that clarity until you're like okay i want to do this because of xyz this will bring me xyz so if i start this podcast if i focus specifically on um the fgc then i can get them involved in this sort of process or that sort of project or like like once you get that clarity it's going to help you so much but i think right now you're lacking that clarity like i love that you're streaming i I love that you're consistent and i like jumping on it's actually a lot of fun when i'm working to actually have someone to talk to so um but yeah i think your clarity is your biggest goal right now before you add anything else to your plate because you got a lot right now okay yeah, I think pri-
0: I agree. Prioritization is important uh, in terms of just like, hey, what what do I actually want to work on? Because it's it really, it's way too easy as someone who's done this way too much to continue adding things. And then you're just like, I just don't, I can't, <laughs> I don't have time to do all these things. What's going to get dropped? And then you drop one thing temporarily and then you're like, oh no, I miss it. And then you drop another thing and bring it back and then there's disorganization. So just make sure you have you know, the time and the will and the focus and are you know are ready to take that leap it took me months it took me too long but it did take me months of like hey i would like to do a self-improvement thing hey i should do this hey and then eventually kind of being like okay doing more research all right i'm gonna take the leap right so i i, I would consider you know work like do some research into it look how start it and like be ready and then you know maybe in a couple weeks you're like yeah i want this to be a big focus i like the idea of this you know and choose what you're going to potentially sacrifice for that oh i don't stream one evening and i do this instead right and that is you know make that prioritization but i love the idea i think the idea is great
2: okay yeah i've got a a bunch of notes here thank you um i think i think that's really about it
1: so just looking at the time, do we want to talk about, well, I don't know if it was cloud nine or liquid you're mentioning, but do you DSM. want to talk about it? Yes,
0: <laughs> I'm willing to, if you guys are, I I, I think it can be pretty quick. Um, I'm interested. Okay. Are you down Leon? Yeah, I'm totally down. Like okay. So basically um, double if 2 you probably recognize he's um, One of the biggest names in well, and he's definitely one of the biggest names in League of Legends esports and uh, one of the biggest names in esports in general. Um, he he was off and on TSM and was very successful while on there for a very long time. And he just does streaming now and is or was a streamer for TSM. Um, and his girlfriend is actually TSM Lena, who's the... Uh, was the president of tsm Oh, was okay um and then one of his best friends and someone he played with for very many years bjergsen also a part owner or was in tsm um so basically what happened is bjergsen already i think the, the first news of one of them leaving was bjergsen leaving because he wanted to play for another team which I already thought was interesting cuz he was given part ownership in one of the biggest esports orgs in the world. It, mm-hmm. Some people would consider it the biggest esports org in the world, which is like do you you know want to hop, hop off that train, buddy? I mean, maybe he still retains the ownership, but I I'm betting it was more contingent on him remaining there as part of the mm-hmm. team, but he wanted to go from coaching back to playing again. And he uh he loved to go do that. Um and I think it's all but confirmed he's on Liquid, but that's a different thing. Um And so he left and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then Doublelift, who's been doing content creation mentioned briefly in one of his streams, which got clipped and thrown everywhere. um, Some pretty like negative things about the treatment of players uh, by TSM Reginald, AKA Uh Andy Den, who's the CEO and president, I think slash founder. I don't know. It's, I, Something of those things. Someone very high up. I'm pretty sure he's CEO um, of TSM. And that was interesting. That went everywhere. I was like, oh, well, I haven't heard that many great things and some negative things through time. I already didn't have like the greatest picture of the guy or whatever, but I was like, whatever. And then the next day I see on YouTube a 30-minute video of If doing an entire breakdown of it and basically describing... It's like hey some people are saying this is because free agency and i was mad that tsm didn't pick me up that's not the case uh tsm reginald has made people cry on stage he has made multiple players like cry in meetings he said openly that he would be a better coach than current coaches in position which is hilarious um and he said a ton of negatives. He said he's been incredibly, incredibly toxic. And the guy he works closest with like the vice president or something of TSM. Um, I'm very much paraphrasing someone who works closely. He basically, you know, parrots everything he says and they have an entire PR team to cover up whenever he makes mistakes. And he said, double if claimed that over 50 individuals have personally re- reached out to him and agreed with them. And he said, but it's, it's not his place to tell their stories. Um, and then Kaydrell, who's a legal, known League of Legends caster slash might be coach now for some team, um, also went through some, him, I will dominate plenty of big League of Legends content creators, went through old clips showing uh, Andy, then uh, I don't know which to call him. I'll call him just uh, Reginald, uh, saying some pretty, pretty out of pocket stuff, some pretty interesting stuff, like after driving away from a game, just talking to one player x special that it was another player's fault who was sitting right next to reginald for like five minutes straight or whatever saying it was it was wild turtles fault like the whole game their entire loss was wild turtles fault but everyone's saying it to, to wild turtle just saying it to the other player um and then him doing other things like egging on diris who's a very old uh league of legends name back when he was on tsm and like basically saying like I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, some pretty damning evidence of him being pretty toxic if there wasn't enough already. And then uh, after that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I know like Dutton Doublet is a signed streamer to TSM and Lena is his girlfriend who's the president of TSM. Like, how's this working? Um, and double have said like the next. I think within the next day, he's like, I'm actively trying to get out of, I don't want to be associated with this org. I, I do not. I-, I don't want to be a streamer. For them. Um, and he gets plenty of good stream numbers. He doesn't need an org anyways. Um, so he left and then it's been about a week or two. A week, I think, or something since. And Lena just announced, I think it was today that she is leaving the company as well to work with, um, Offline TV and stuff, which kind of lines up pretty, pretty close to giving their two weeks. So I kind of wonder if Doublelift has been wanting to talk about this for a while, and then she gave her two weeks. And he's like, "All right, I can talk about this now," because like she was already in the process of leaving or something. So that is basically it. And I'm curious what both of you think. If you, you know, who you think is right, what what your thoughts are on the whole situation. I think it's kind of interesting
2: yeah, so this this is something I've like been following because i I loved TSM back in like the really early days of league. i w- I was one of the stereotypical TSM fanboys where I had like a poster of them. I watched their TV series, TV series when it was ongoing. um yeah, the the Lena thing I think was actually like late last night. um, and for someone to step down as like president of an org to join another org, which I believe she's just joining as a content creator, not even like a higher position. I think says a lot about how bad they are and how good offline TV is looking. Which offline TV isn't even like interested in esports. They're just like a collective of like streamers developing yeah. their brands together.
0: Um, yeah, I think it does say a lot, though. You're you're right. It's like it's pretty crazy. I'm very. I'd be very curious to see if other people come forward. But players, most players won't, because this season or next season, they want the option to be able to be signed to TSM, right? if they get yeah, spoken, if they speak up, they'll probably just get blacklisted.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know if TSM is still, like, the the most popular in the LCS, because that might have been lost to, like, Cloud9 a few years ago. But they are absolutely still huge. Um, a lot of, like, even, like, old videos from when Dyrus was on TSM have, like, resurfaced about the way, like, Reginald was treating him and the kind of, like, outbursts and stuff. And this is this has been ongoing for a really long time. But I guess just because... His position in the company, nothing ever, like, came forward until now. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy, like... It, it just seems like he was, like, blatantly abusive towards nearly everyone.
0: Yeah. But I yeah, no. he just like, had enough
2: power I, that nobody stepped up.
0: I think it was Thorin, who's a your really big name in esports, who's a CSGO guy, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember when he, like, caused, like, this player to cry on stage in, like, 2014, whatever. I was like, oh, geez, so uh um and then i've heard some some avid tsm defenders saying oh, well double lift was toxic too it's like oh double lift was like 17 <laughs> you know or 18 when he started at lcs and that and like uh you know i think andy was like 23 or something um not that that's a huge excuse but you know it's that's somewhat of an excuse number two double lift clearly has you know changed he's definitely matured i literally have watched double lift for like Uh, like six, seven years now. You know, he's definitely changed as a person, become a better person. And also that's a, like, I can't remember the name of the fallacy, but it's uh, Red Herring or something. It's like, it doesn't matter how, you know, toxic or whatever Doublelift Mm. is or was. Like, there's this other problem here. Um, I've always, like, I loved TSM back when I I started watching LCS, like right after um, Doublelift was on CLG and got like the Pentakill versus TSM. That's immediately became a double lift and a TSM fan. And I followed him, or I, I was like, he joined TSM right after that. Um, and I was a, a fan of them. And like, I've always, you know, had some liking to the org because there's always been some players I've liked on there. But yeah, it's very frustrating because, you know, obviously I still like a lot of the players signed, but it sucks when the very top of the org, and this is something double lift is saying. He's like, oh, Speaker still plays on. I'm still great friends with know, yeah, I'm tons of friends with this guy who was an editor who followed me around, like, you know. A quarter of my life I've known this like guy who filmed me like for content. You know, I'm still friends with those people. He's like, it just sucks because most people won't speak up because they want to keep their job at one of the best, you know, paying orgs in esports, or that they don't want to speak up because they don't want to say anything that could prevent them from getting that job. So most people won't reach out, but I'm not gonna do it for them, is what he said. So I think it's pretty respectable of Doublelift to speak up, right? Because he's one of the few people in a position where he'll he'll be fine. He can make content, or he could if he wanted, he could get signed to another org as a pro player, right? And so very few people are in the position of like, I don't need you know, the potential to be on TSM. So I think it's a pretty honorable thing to do for someone to speak
1: up about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's it's an interesting situation. It's because yeah the re- the reality really is like it's hard for me to speak on the specific context, but I can appreciate people not wanting to speak up in order to protect their opportunity with the org. Like I really really can appreciate that because that is the dream and the people that are part of the dream don't want to lose the dream uh and at the same time like you're mentioning um like there is there is room for toxicity like if you watch the the last dance um and like michael jordan and like seeing how he really treated the team and he was like because i mean he's he's the man right like he is when you think of success and you think of competitiveness when you think like he is the one you think to. but he he wasn't like um as positive per se, but I, like I, I appreciate because I don't know the context. Like this is a lot different in the sense that it's a toxic work environment, not a teammate or or a team trying to help each other out. And then the toxicity kind of is a byproduct, right? Like I, I appreciate that this is different. And my my thought process on this is I wonder if uh, like I'm I'm sure you guys are aware of like what Clash of Clans did or Clash Royale did with their players. um Is anyone like the, the way they changed esports oh. and Yeah, getting
2: them away from their teams.
1: Yeah, so they basically decentralize how they're setting their tournaments up. And now the players don't necessarily need a team. That's why teams like Team Liquid, who historically did really well in that uh, tournament, are now withdrawing. Because the publisher are like, okay, we don't want this. uh, Or we... I, I believe I don't obviously don't know. I haven't looked enough, but my understanding is that their ROI is better from getting the players out, out because the competition that that's naturally how the game is played. Anyways, it's not played as teams. So I wonder if we're and this is something uh, the book of esports kind of mentioned too. Was that over time as publishers start to really get their nails into the industry make it profitable make it actually move forward we're going to see publishers kind of be the ones to make sure that in the future like like they own the teams the same way like overwatch is separating uh their games and their teams and then the it's going to be on the publishers to make sure every team every community is safe that it's uh helpful and encouraging and it's not problematic so i think although it's problem like i can appreciate the issues that people are running into and they have to make that own call themselves i think in the future the esport industry is going to be a lot more um a lot more the the publishers will be the ones to kind of protect the players and in situations where it's feasible the players themselves will be decentralized even from a, a team asset per se and it will just be like maybe a little bit of a like agency like agents to help the players but not necessarily a full-on company i don't know if that is a direction but i do feel like that is a possibility,
0: yeah, yeah, that, that could be interesting too. But also, be interesting seeing like the more successful orgs being like, Hey, we do want control of players, we want control of our teams, right? Because if enough orgs do that, then it's going to be entirely publisher run, um, you know, tournaments, and that would be interesting. Right now, we mostly see the opposite, right? We either see publishers working well with teams like Riot Games. Um, Or we see publishers completely ignoring their esports scene, aka Valve, right? Like, oh, no, we couldn't care less, right? Someone else go run this for us. We could make this 10x better by being involved, but we won't, right? And so I'd be curious to see how many did that. I did not know that about Clash Royale. It's very interesting to me. Um, But I think it's also important, right? Because people are very, you know, very loyal to, teams and two brand names right people are you know you can find hardcore packers fans yankees fans like 10 years from now those will be hardcore liquid fans phase fans 100 thieves fans right like it's funny but that's just true and i've I've told people for since i was 18 years old that esports would be uh bigger as big if not bigger than sports in my lifetime and they laugh at me and I'll have those same people like text me and ask me. They're like, "Ah, oh, dude, I was just watching. I, I actually started watching Halo. This." I was like, "Yeah, you did. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> as I predicted. Because guess what? All of your friends are playing video games. Like you're my age. And oh, dang, dude, I didn't know people were this good at blank. This is so cool. Yes, as it turns out, you know, it's cool to watch people be good at things. But yeah, no, that that'll be interesting. I, I really wonder. I think it'll mostly be blown under the rug. To to me, the most weirdly concerning thing, right? Because I think there's a difference, right? I think people should have tough skin. Sometimes there is like tough love, right? It's not easy to be like, you played great, but you didn't, you know, like you can't do that, right? Um, And that's something, you know, like uh, you hear in like the behind the scenes stuff, like double and the team talks about after, you know, their team loses a game and, you know, they're in the best of five or something. Like the leaders really point out, hey, you can't, you can't do this, right? We can't make this mistake. We can't, I think there's a difference between that and constantly picking at players until they have an emotional breakdown. Right. Mm-hmm. Double I some of them double says like, I used to be a lot more toxic than I am now, but I never, ever did that. Cause every time I was toxic, it was just because I wanted us to be better. It's not because I wanted to like break yeah. someone. He's like that to me, I never ever had malintent. Right. The the worst it was was like saying everybody else is trash or, you know, like just trash talking yeah. lines, right? Like that's the worst malintent, which is more just entertainment, right? And then there's a, there's, you know, people who are like really mercilessly like that one clip with Dyrus, I assume you watched Leon. I was like, it was kind of crazy. He's just like, man, I'm just trying to practice and play solo queue. And Reginald just kept like, kept going at him. Right. And so I'm sure the PR team, you know, either they'll ignore it or they'll say something like, well, that was, you know, seven years ago. You know, I'm not the same person, which is like, I mean, that's a valid argument if it's true. We'll see if more things come out. I'm just very, it it seems very weird because in most industries nowadays, I think people are very open about saying, hey, this person's not treating me right. But in esports, because I think there's less opportunities, people seem to be very, very hesitant to do so.
1: So we'll see how that plays out. It reminds me of the Ellen DeGeneres sort of thing where uh, Ellen had some backlash in terms of her employees saying it's a very toxic work environment. And what happened was uh, one of the shows, the one that came back live, I forgot why, but they took a break. I don't think it was related to the scandal. It might have been or it might have been related to COVID, actually. But nevertheless, she came back. She made an apology once and the apology. She was making jokes. So like it was like a whatever apology. And that was it. Nothing else happened. And I think I think that might be what happens here and i just think the for the future the eSport industry is weird because it's related to the gaming industry and the gaming industry is riddled with problems right in terms of the internal infrastructure <laughs> and Activision it's like Blizzard. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just But the eSports is different in the sense that it's being cultivated during a time. First, it's an entertainment industry. So obviously it's predicated on its viewers and its support, but it's also being developed during a time where a lot of people are a lot more open about this stuff, a lot more PG, a lot more like a um, I I don't want to say soft, but like safe spaces, for example, not to say that safe spaces are bad and that we shouldn't have them. That's not my point, but my point is that the fact that we're having them is clearly indicating a cultural shift towards more protecting people um where like because esports is cultivating during this time i'm i'm curious to see how if the industry is also going to take a similar direction in terms of the gaming industry as some companies become those conglomerates and really take over or if we're going to see a lot more shift towards supporting uh when people speak out to actually make these shifts and like what is that going to take place it's a very fine line right
0: because a lot of people do not have tough enough skin and they can get a lot of people can be offended. You could choose to be offended by everything. I think this is kind of like a completely separate conversation, basically. But I think it's, it's 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 a tough thing to determine whether oh my gosh, this person's being toxic. No, I was just wording things in a way you didn't like, right? Versus like it's it's hard to determine like where is that line and what what will the you know game companies, what will the orgs, like what will the HR management who determines where that line is drawn and what happens, right? It's a very vague place
2: yeah I think especially for like the players which are the ones that you that see the most light being like a little bit toxic and trash talk is just seen as like part of like what comes with the job right it's part of like building your character and your popularity and like the teams like pitting against each other like it almost is like a necessary part of the way esports is currently being like run and advertised to its consumers
0: or just sports in general right like there's just something to be said it's a lot more entertaining when there's a rivalry or when someone's kind of on the edge right Than when like there's a reason that double f super popular right obviously he's a very good player but also there there's a period of time i would argue there still is a period of time where there's very little personality there's way more personality in european league of legends right like people just don't like they're like yeah we won that game right and then you know not even, not even nowadays. I mean, he doesn't play anymore. But like, it was a while ago when Double was like, "Yeah, everyone else is trash," and you know that gets people like excited. Either that, oh my gosh, I want everybody to beat him, or I want him to beat everyone, right? And I don't think personally, I don't think there's anything like wrong with that, right? I I think that's just an accepted part of the game. I think there's a difference between that and then naming a specific player and saying, "I hope like everything in your life goes wrong," and I I hope the worst things for you and saying horrible things, right? I think there's kind of a clear difference between making something incredibly personal to someone and then and then being generically competitive and saying hey here's something you know that's entertaining you know and like we've all trash talked our friends in games right because it's it's funny it's entertaining right if it's entertaining between us it's going to be entertaining on a stage there's a difference between that and then making a really personal you know personable thing that isn't you know presented or even said as a joke it is meant to wrap this in whatever and that that and they better because you said it's their fault 30 times right that's not going to you said you say it's their fault I even be true so Anyways, I feel like we were having a whole, like, this This conversation could go everywhere. This could go anywhere. Yeah. So
1: I I want to add one thing. One thing that might be useful in terms of just perspective. I think one thing that I've kind of noticed, I, here, I'm going to word this in a way. One thing I've noticed from certain engagements that I've been throughout the industry is that when you're looking at player acquisitions, you're looking at them as an asset, right? Like, they're not people. It's the same thing you do with employees. You... Um, you do not look at them as people per se, like obviously they are people, but you do not look, you have to think about it, especially with corporations, just anything when it comes to a corporation, you have every decision you make has to be in the best interest of the corporation, every investment you make has to be in the best interest of the company and should bring the greatest return on investment. And that's why you can't build these personal relationships with employees per se, um, or but even players, because the moment you have to cut them off, you have to cut them off. Uh, and that's that's a large reason why I, I personally believe that we see when players are getting cut off, that it's just, like, it's a kind of, like, ruthless, like, we don't care about you. But it, there has to be that level of disconnect. But it also creates this issue, like we were mentioning, that, um, like... Like when when your when your asset isn't performing in the way that you are, how do you treat them? But yeah, it's it's just a piece of tidbit that I learned through being on the internal side, where you cannot. But like it, it is a good um, business practice, so you cannot look at people as people because even though they are, they aren't in the context that you're picking them up.
0: Yeah, I, um, I can see that perspective a little bit.
1: Yeah,
2: I have I have one real quick question before we wrap this up. Um, in any place in esports. Is
0: there a union? Yes. Is there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the legal, uh, the League Players Association is it is it. Uh, well, it might not be a union, but yes. it's the closest thing to it I, I can think of. I know the League Player the LCS Players Association was at least was a thing at some point. I don't know if that's technically a union, but I
1: don't yeah. bo- believe so, so. I don't think
2: there's anyone to like fight for them on these
1: issues. No, that's that's actually this question that we had multiple times during um the Esport Trade Association. I don't know if you guys joined that. It's a great association, by the way, great for networking uh, with people. It is expensive; it might be out of your budgets. Maybe not Fierce's actually, but Leon might be for yours. <laughs> uh, n- I don't want that to come off the wrong way. But my, my point is, is that that's always been a discussion, and the question is, who does it, and what is their jurisdiction? Right? Like, is it U.S. based? Is it international based? And how do you? In- Enforce that right on the scale of esports because esports isn't the same as other industries and the way we kind of operate. So, yeah, it's it's a question, but I don't think there's anything established right now as a union per se.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, that's That's a good plug for esports trade association. It's a great, great network.
2: More hashtag ads.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but I think we can wrap it up there unless anyone has any final thoughts. That's it for me. I'm good. I'm hungry awesome yeah that is great well this was a great conversation guys i really really appreciate the feedback hopefully fierce uh i didn't throw too much uh again i meant to be constructive but i could see why it wouldn't be as constructive as it was when it was in my head so i'm um, gonna gonna go lighter on the feedback just making sure it's smaller stuff but um but hopefully it wasn't taking them the wrong light no it was definitely constructive it was good okay that's good to hear i yeah again i i see why it was very pushy but um in terms of the content and stuff that you couldn't really control anyways. So it's like, yeah, maybe not the worst, best stuff to bring up. But nevertheless, um, yeah, that, that's only my final thoughts there. But we can call it a day here. Great to speak with you guys. And as always, and I'll keep you updated on my stuff for next week. Sounds good.
2: Sounds good. I'll see you all later. Take care. Yes. Bye.